0: You guys put the pressure on me for making, making this for two weeks or two months worth of missionaries. So I'll accept the challenge only because God is good and it is great to be here with you. Uh, I, gosh, I haven't been in West Des Moines Open Bible in a long time, like probably 20 years. But glad you're here. Thank you thank you I went to school here in Des Moines a long time ago and um, so let me let me just say right off the bat this is gonna be a different kind of message because I'm a missionary and I don't have to you know talk like other people I'm glad you all know about Ukraine a bit let me introduce myself a little bit I um, grew up in southeast Iowa Always wanted to be a missionary since I was about that tall and I didn't care where it didn't matter to me where I went I love Christian education and missions so I want to help disciple people help people to grow up in their faith and do that on the mission field that's just always been my passion and God's been good I've been able to do that in several different countries I was in Japan in my 20s in my 30s I lived in Spokane oh I'm giving away my age Um, then later so Spokane Washington I was Christian education pastor out there for a while then since 1999 I went to Hungary and Ukraine to start a Bible Institute that open Bible has and it's not an institute where you go to the school but rather the school comes to you, and you study at home with your book, with the answers, you know, and then you come to a small group and have discussion. You have a little test, and you have just discussion about how God's word impacts your life, your everyday life. And so I get to work with that in actually in all of Europe, you know. I get to, for my job, I get to go to places like France and Hungary and Romania in Ukraine, we have this institute in the Russian and Ukrainian languages and so I also get to be a part of teams that is working with persecuted Christians around the world who um, you know we're just privileged to be able to feed into these places where you know they pay a very high price for become for being Christian and it's, it's a privilege to be a part of something like that. So, um, I'm a single woman. I've lived, you know, like I said, more than 22, 23 years there in Eastern Europe, so I've lived there longer than I've lived anywhere else in my life. I live with a Ukrainian family, um, so that means, you know, I also go to Ukrainian church, I work with Ukrainians, I'm pretty embedded into the Ukrainian culture, so you can imagine when, you know, eight years ago it was actually eight and a half or so, uh, there was an invasion right into Ukraine, and um, actually the war began then. Every year, the the Russians come to the Ukrainian border and do their military exercises, and this year we just kind of thought it would be the same. Granted, there became more and more people, and um, then suddenly it was more than just like every other year, and uh, the mission organization evacuated me out a few days before the war actually began, and although, you know, although I'm happy to be safe here in the US. um, It's something that's very deeply disturbing to me to watch on TV what's happening, to talk to my friends and listen to them say, we can tell by the sounds of the missiles going over what kind of missile it is. Um, To watch on TV To listen to my friends their stories Um, it's deeply disturbing deeply disturbing but I could curl up in the fetal position and just say this isn't my life this isn't my life but it really is my life you know and it's like I could just be distressed on my own or I could be a person of mission and say okay God has me here for a purpose And what is that purpose and then just do it so I'm back in the US and I'm here in West Des Moines open Bible to do more than inform you inform you can read you can watch TV you can do all of that I want to make it personal for you I want to tell you some of the stories I also want to motivate you to pray because we are so, we are all missionaries. Some of us go further than others. But something that we can all do is we can all pray. And it's like, oh, is that all we can do? You know, poor me. God didn't, didn't call me to go overseas. No. God bless you. You can pray. You must pray. You must use the news, the, what you read, as like a spark for prayer. And so I want to motivate you to fierce and fervent prayer. Say that with me, fierce and fervent prayer. That's what I want from you, all right? So, so I've got my work cut out for me. First, we're going to start off with a video that I want you to look at um, here. Turn that sound up. Turn the sound up.
1: будет помогать нашим героям нашим войскам нашим войскам будет помогать может даже будет а папу оставили в Киеве И папа будет продавать что-то, будет помогать нашим героям, нашим войскам, нашим войскам будет помогать. Может даже будет
0: воевать.
1: Мы шли где-то три часа и вот вы нас спасли. Я думала, что мы уже будем идти эти два-три дня. Я я бы думала, что мы будем идти целый день. Вот оказалось, что вы нас выручили
0: people were leaving Ukraine. And 90% of the people who were leaving Ukraine were women and children. Why? Because the men, they, well, they declared martial law, and the men 18 to 60 years old cannot leave unless they have families with more than three children. So kids like this little Mark, and I don't know him, but don't you just want to find him and hug him and, and just, you know, um, that's one. One little boy, there are millions of kids who've had their lives changed because of this war. They've seen things, they've heard things. They will always remember February 24th, 2022. They will remember that date. Um, UNICEF says that 5.2 million Ukrainians have left Ukraine. of those are women and children we all know that women and children are at higher risk than for human trafficking Um, the whole displacement of people you know impacts the psyche the the soul you know the, the the insides of people of children at a very formative age, they're having their children aboard. Um, it, It can have lasting effects for generations. It can. So as you pray for Ukraine, pray for the children. Half, over half of the children in Ukraine are displaced. Either they are, that means they're not living in their usual home. That means maybe they've gone further west maybe their parents have sent them to um, their grandparents just a few miles away I know children like that I know other children who have gone clear across the country Ukraine is the land size of Texas so it's a big place Um, but so you can go and find safer places other people have gone all the way into Poland Hungary Slovakia Romania bulgaria i mean i know people in the netherlands i know people in germany i know you know i look i told you we have an institute right students all around the country who are studying in their home or in their home churches and i look on social media and our students are all over europe now they're just they've gone they've fled and they're gone so pray 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 for the children when you pray for Ukraine all right also pray for those people in cities that are being bombarded the bombing has gone on for what is it now 80 days over 80 days day and night bomb air raid sirens we have an app on our phones that will you can set it so that it will tell you when there is an air raid meaning possibility of something Flying over you, landing on your house, whatever. It. We have an app that will tell you when that's happening in your own area. It, disrupt, it disrupts, as you can imagine, work, school, sleep. Kids are still going to school. People are still going to work. Actually, 40 percent, over 50 percent of the people are still working in their regular job, and that that number is actually increasing because people are coming back and working hypersonic missiles they're, they go five times faster than the speed of sound really hard to intercept um, cluster bombs phosphoric bombs chemical warfare and of course the nuclear threat pray for people who are being bombarded some cities are being held captive by the Russian army. Uh, They stand in line for bread and boom, a missile comes in. Nothing is safe in some of these cities. Not all of the cities, but in some of the cities. Um, I have friends who have lived in free Ukraine. Uh, 80 days ago, they were free. Actually, um, 50 days ago, 40 days ago, they were living in a free city right now, they cannot get out of their city. And there will be elections, and their fate will be somewhat determined by the oppressors. Um, I know these people. It's not just a movie. It's not just a TV story it's it's real you know when when you see when you see the maps if you watch the news or read the news you see maps of where all the bombings are happening where the occupation is happening you see you know you can't even maybe pronounce some of the cities which i don't blame you i'm always saying i'd like to buy a vowel you know (laughs) Uh, you know i mean like some of these words it's like that That combination of consonants doesn't exist in English but so you know you can focus on that but what I see are my friends my people that I know are students I look at some of these places that have been bombed and I I say I wonder if one of our students lived there I wonder if they got out I wonder if I, I just have many questions so pray for those people who are being bombed. Then there is, there are humanitarian disasters in many cities that are happening even right now. One such city where we have open Bible, an open Bible church, and and in-stay students, our students, is Mariupol. Mariupol, you may be it's like 600 miles from our over the years, we've had hundreds of stories right there. We've had, we've been to there, you know, like more than a dozen times. When they show this drone footage, I know where they're showing. To get out, moms falling at one point they were falling every 30
1: minutes all The They estimate
0: so the last estimate. imagine when they opened up a corridor and said okay you can leave meet at this place and you know meet at this place and we will take you out in buses we'll take you to a city in Ukraine and then you can go west from there you can just find your way to wherever you want to go well so they got on the buses they got on the buses and then and then they took them to that city then they took their passports took their phones drove them east, right into Russia, then took them to one of 66 camps where they have papers. They no longer have their passports but they have papers that say that they must stay in this area. They cannot leave for at least two years. They don't have their phone numbers of their loved ones. No one knows where they're at. And this is their reality. There are So that city that they just showed right there, that 95% of the city's been bombed out, there's still several thousand people left there. Most of them are in the tunnels of a huge, huge steel factory. I mean, it's like a mile square, this whole area, and they've got six levels. And there are like a thousand soldiers there, plus citizens still there. Who have been living for weeks without electricity and just no food no medicine Um, i just read today that uh, you know i mean the soldiers have been maimed and there's no more medicine they do surgery without any anesthetic i mean it's just a table pushed up against a wall and the doctors there are doing everything that they can but they cannot escape they cannot leap they won't give up. They won't give up. Why? <laughs> because it's their land. They don't, they want to live as free people. I, mean, I think as Americans, we can appreciate that, right? Um, unprovoked. There There was a video I saw, the soldiers in there, In. In that steel place, saying, "We're not leaving. We're not giving up." Yeah, they have the whole rest of the area right there, but they do not have us. And they're singing a song, and the 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 words translate to, um, "It is better." I can't find my notes. It is better to die in battle. Than to live as slaves. This is their heart. Gutsy people. You say, well, you know, Ukraine, it's really far. I feel sorry, but you know what, it's, it's gonna, the, the domino effect of invasion, of not being able to plant the crops right now, uh, seed, 400,000 tons of seed has been stolen and taken away so that there's no grain to eat and there's also no grain to plant that will have a huge effect on on northern Africa that depends upon much of Ukraine. Ukraine has been called the breadbasket of Europe and it, it is, it does affect the world economy. Even though it's just one little place, it does have, a, have an impact. So I live west of Kyiv, not not that far, but far enough so that um, the family that I live with, they're safe, they do have air rates every day, every night, but um, there have, been missiles that have fallen near um, I can remember my family Lena she texted me and she's like pray right now it's horrible and like I was online I called I mean it's the miracle of living in this center, you know I called and as I called I heard the bombs dropping they were like five miles away but I still heard them on the phone it shakes the windows shakes the house even that far away in the city where my office is, a maternity hospital was, was hit, school was hit, um, all, kinds, all kinds of things. A heating plant, so like when it was still cold, 30% of the city didn't have, have any heat. People, my people, <clears throat> the church that I go to, they're safe, but they're tired. Imagine that emotionally spent imagine that um, the stories you know people say are we really getting the true story they're here in our news you're getting part of the story how can you tell the story of 36 more than 36 million people you're getting parts of the story it doesn't mean that you know people are deceiving you but rather the stories are as many as the people and So I kind of depressed myself here how about you I mean it's just like it's it's a heavy heavy story isn't it it really is heavy Um, let me tell you a a great story a true story Um, there was a bombing raid or air raid and so people went for cover they came out they were like out shopping they came out and this one man his car was just torched gone what now you know and realizing that it's very close and he was there and in the parking lot was a car with keys in the in the driver's door so kind of stood there and waited like an hour and a half waited for someone to come back no one came back so maybe it's called being a good Ukrainian he stole the car you know (laughs) (coughs) stole the car Went home, got his family, packed it up, and left. And um, when they got to a safer place, he noticed that in the in the glove compartment was a piece of paper with a name and a phone number on it. He's like, "Ah, uh, it's probably probably the owner." So he he called. He said, "So do you have a whatever kind of car?" He's like, "Yeah." He said, "Me too," <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, he said I have a confession I stole it he said no you didn't steal it he said he had four cars this other guy <clears throat> he had four cars and he said I took my family and we we're in a safer place but before I did I took all three of the cars to different parts of the town built up the car with gas and left the keys and and all, all hoping that people would steal his cars that they would get away to safety he, um, he said all three cars were taken and all three people who took the cars called. You know, that says, that says to me, I mean, just about the goodness of Ukrainians <clears throat> on both sides. You know what I mean? Yeah, I stole your car, but I'm calling you. And he said, he said um, the, the one guy who stole the car, he said, here, tell me where you're at and I'll, I'll bring it back to you. He said, no, after we win the war... We'll meet again, and we'll talk about the car. Ukrainians are not saying, they're not saying if we win the war. They say when, when we win the war. So there are are many, many, many stories. Um, Ukrainians, I told you already, there are 5.2 million people who have left Ukraine. But maybe something I haven't seen a lot of is that ukrainians are coming back into ukraine already more than a million ukrainians have come back and you're saying how why it's like because the bombing isn't everywhere and because the ukrainians are not looking to live in europe they're looking to live safely in their own homes that's what they want to do Um, so they're returning at at one point it was 45,000 people per day coming back to their to their land So after 80, more than 80 days, (coughs) what's the new normal for Ukrainians? Devastation, refugees, air raids, constant threat. Some places have lack of food. Everywhere they have higher prices, (coughs) displacement, lack of jobs. What has been their response? Some of our own Open Bible people, I have contact with them, I have contact with our in-stay students, some of my friends. What are they doing? They are, they are, quite honestly, boots on the ground. Some of them are serving in the military. I know people who are serving in the military. I know people who have died in this war. They've given their life for the freedom of their people. Other people are taking food into dangerous places. To get them food other people are um, making soup to feed the army other people are helping people to uh, gather medical supplies and send them places where they need to go they're helping already to rebuild um, some friends of mine <clears throat> some of our open Bible brothers they've gone to these horrifically destroyed places found people who didn't leave and their houses you know their roofs are just you know, they can't live there anymore but they drug out their mattresses drug out their other stuff and are living in their own sheds but the sheds too because every you know people have sheds but they the, the roof of their shed or the, they don't have windows or you know it leaks and so they've gone back they bought tarp back in the west came back to the east and helping these people to put tarps on their roofs So when you give your money, that's what your money is, part of where your money is going to, to help people to just live through this little, hopefully short time where it's still bad, and then we'll go back and we'll help them to rebuild their houses. Now we can't rebuild everything, you know, we as just simple people like that, but if everyone does their part, if everyone, you know, leaves the key in the car Helping someone to escape, helping someone to rebuild. That's what we will do. And you know, so that's what the Ukrainian response has been. What has our response been? Thank you so much. Thanks. So they have boots on the ground. Now our response, I believe. to have knees on the ground yeah it's good it's right remember what I said fierce and fervent prayer that's what we need Um, I promised my friends we would pray you know I I talk to people back home every day twice a day Um, wake up in the middle of the night and call so that I can get them at a good time and you know my my own pastor says you know what it's really hard to pray when you've gone into the closet to where you know you've got the air raid you know you don't know are these the last 15 minutes of your life they don't know it's like you sit there and you think I need to pray I need to read my Bible and she says I, 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 I can't I can't pray through and I said it's not your job to pray it through can you call on the name of Jesus well yes that that's all you need to do we here in America in our comfortable seats in our comfortable homes in our peaceful skies we must pray this through for them remember in the Bible there was a battle I don't remember which one but Moses whenever he held up his hands they were winning but Moses, and when his hands would go down they would lose right they want to win the battle and so Aaron and her right help to lift his hands up that's what we are to do now that is your job that is my job now i feel this personally because i've spent more than 20 years in this country with these people and all of that but i want to just light a spark in your spirit so that you too will pray, I believe that this is a spiritual battle that must first be won in the spiritual realm. And you say, what are you talking about? People there are fighting. There are, you know, there are tanks, there are airplanes, all of that. But listen to this very closely. Ephesians 6.12 says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. So there is an enemy, but there's a higher realm of war going on. But we, where we're fighting against evil rulers and authority of unseen, the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. So it's a spiritual battle. That spiritual battles, you know, we can't shoot up the spiritual. We can shoot up our prayers. We can shoot up our prayers. It's our job. We are spiritual warriors we must be spiritual warriors on the behalf of the ukrainians so am i naive in believing the prayer can work you know because i've had people look at me or even just kind of say to me and they come on tammy you know um, will it really make a difference well you know god knows all he sees all he's above all and yet he still says bring your request to me so so I will request God take care of the Ukrainians God help them you know and like I will be specific I'll pray for those children I'll pray for those people that are getting bombarded I'll pray for those cities where people are hungry and dying and and I will pray for my friends I will pray for the soldiers I will pray for I mean those who are in other countries, I'll pray for them with more than just a hope that God is hearing me, but a belief that God is hearing and that he will answer. It is our responsible to pray through. And I'm going to, okay, so I, I won't talk politics with you, um, mostly because I hate politics and and because we're not about politics here I'm speaking to you as humans I'm speaking to you you know people have said this isn't our war really are we not human are we not Christians are we not our brother's keeper are we not supposed to lift up the hands of those you know if, if it was the missiles flying over you would you want the church at this vital moment to sit back and say well you know what can we do no let it not be said of us that we did not do our part I'm not saying you have to go I'm not even saying you have to give keep your money you know what I mean but do not be silent do not be silent in your prayer say ah but Tammy you know what military experts they say that the ukrainians had have no choice and i want to say that the end of february that was the only message coming out wasn't it the ukrainians or the military experts will say well inevitably the ukrainians cannot win well and i had people tell me that and i'm like i think you've underestimated the ukrainians (laughs) you know People have kind of seen that now, right? But still, it's, the military experts are, I don't fault them, because they only understand the military. I mean, I don't mean that literally, but you know, they're looking at it through the military lens. I want us to look through the lens of God, the people of God. They don't factor in an all-powerful God. Because imagine the, the military experts, right? They're sitting there on TV watching as the people of God have escaped out of Egypt and Pharaoh's army is coming after them. They're kind of encased in this, um, this uh, walled-in area where they can't go this way, they can't go back. The, the army's coming this way and ahead of them is the Red Sea. So what are the military experts saying there? They're saying, "Yeah, I think I think God's people will be okay now, because I think that the Red Sea will just part." Now they couldn't have predicted it; they wouldn't have predicted. They would have said they have no chance. But God. But God. Then there's in um, there's Gideon, and he had this big old army, and God said, "Keep." making it smaller 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 until he had 300 men who had what torches they had ram's horns and they had clay jars i think against the midianites the best military of the time there was no chance but god but god and then of course david and goliath i mean who could have said you know David couldn't even wear uh, the, the armor. It was too heavy. It was too much. Because armor doesn't save us. God. God takes care of us. It took just one stone, one day, one man. You know, so even as it were, think of your prayers as stones being hurled to kill the enemy. The enemy, I do say to you, is not Russia. The enemy, is are, I'm not against Russians. I have many Russian friends. The enemy is not even the president of Russia. It is the demonic spirit behind that and that is what we must fight. That is what we must, we must defeat that's what must be defeated that spirit has been in Ukraine for at least eight years and it's just gotten stronger and stronger and we are the people of God I I beg you right I'm asking you do not be silent do not be indifferent do not just say well God knows for physical spiritual and emotional strength pray that people can eat that they can sleep pray that they find shelter in right time there's so many ways to pray let the Holy Spirit direct your prayer it's a challenge to to their faith there in Ukraine to believe they pray Psalm 91 over themselves Um, and to really I mean they're being tested their faith being tested Will God truly pull through for us? Will God, you know, just they just believe it. We can pray, and I've, I've asked you to pray, but I'm also asking you to take it a step further, and I'm asking you to believe, to believe that God, God of the Old Testament, is the same God today, that he can and he will. I don't care how, I don't care how, I just want the nonsense to stop. I know that God uses what appears to me as this nonsense I pray that in all of this God's glory will be shown that it will be seen president of Ukraine said actually a couple of months ago now we do not know whether we will survive in this war or what damage it will be to our country and ecology but we hope the world will learn and see how God is on the side of the weak and faithful against the demonic powers behind our aggressors. Will we rise to the challenge to pray fiercely and fervently? Have faith in God, in the God of the unexpected, the God of the impossible.
1: Thank you, Tammy. That Man, it's crazy. Can we be a church? We just went through our series, right? Teach us how. And one of the weeks was teach us how to pray. Can we be a church that prays fiercely and fervently? I love that. Praise for the kids. Praise for the safety. Praise for the people that are being bombarded. Praise for... The people going to school and work on a daily basis, praise for the humanitarian disasters, praise for the 45,000 people returning daily, praise for the agricultural impact, and praise for shelter. We'll send that out in a list, so that way you guys have it as well, but can we be a church that prays daily, prays continuously for this? So I just want to thank you again, Tammy. That was incredible, and I want to close this in prayer, and then we will go out through our Sunday. So dearly Father, God, we thank you. God, we thank you that you are bigger than it all. That you are bigger than anything that we come up against, anything that we face. God, that you're bigger than this war in Ukraine. God, and we pray for the people there on both sides, God. God, I pray that your power would be shown. God, when The odds are stacked ever in the wrong direction, in the wrong favor, God, that you are still bigger than it. And God, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. God, we believe, God, we aren't just a church that prays, we're a church that believes. God, thank you for who you are. And God, thank you for this church, your church, West Des Moines Open Bible, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, go in prayer today, church. We love you.